0: To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at PaulStoneSports.org. Now, on to the show.
1: Well, here we are, uh, already on the downhill slope towards the month of February. I'm Paul Stone, and welcome to episode 87 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast, aptly titled this week, HodgePodge. Reason for the title? Uh, because, you know, that's what it is. You know, it's just a uh, few unrelated, uh, perhaps even slightly disjointed thoughts and opinions from yours truly. Uh, first of all, I'll say that I oftentimes use the phrase that I operate by the rule of 168, meaning that there's only 168 hours in a week. So I have to prioritize like everyone else, you know, what to leave in, what to leave out. Uh, And depending on the time of the year, I mean, my responsibilities, you know, I'm doing multiple media appearances uh, each week, uh, some weeks with more appearances than others, especially during football season. Some of my appearances are regular uh, each week throughout the year. Uh, I'm also producing Uh, this podcast, uh, now for the 87th straight week, I might add, uh, and for all the hats that I wear, you know, again, sports betting media member, podcast producer, sports service owner, uh, and sports handicapper better slash better B E T T O R. The latter is the most important being a sports handicapper, being a a successful sports better. It's critical that I continue to, you know, be a successful handicapper. Uh, This is the game of putting up uh, 11 to get back 10, as I like to say, and it takes a massive amount of time, experience, and proper application to be successful. And being successful as a handicapper and a better drives everything else I do I mean it's w- without that you know I probably don't have any of the other opportunities I say all this because if something's going to get a little bit less of my time uh, or perhaps even be somewhat neglected it's not going to be my handicapping you know that's not going to be what I'm going to ha- that's not what I'm going to neglect that's not what I'm going to leave behind push to the back of the list you know, as I often do, I was up at 4 a.m. this morning, uh, in a quiet, mostly dark living room, uh, working on my college basketball numbers and, and handicapping, uh, the card. Uh, not today's card, mind you. <laughs> you know, anybody handicapping college basketball at 4 a.m. on the day of the games, uh, is late to the party, in my opinion. I was mostly, uh, mostly focusing on Saturday's, uh, extensive card. Uh, of more probably more than 100 games. I didn't count them. But uh, focusing on that card on Saturday and and setting what I call my buy prices, you know, numbers that I might take a a certain team at in Saturday's action. And all this to say again, to get kind of to my final point, I haven't really been devoting the amount of energy I would like to to the podcast. I I think I'm going to have some more Time available come around mid-year, uh, about June or July, and that will free me up to do a better job, and e- even perhaps to have guests rather than you having to listen to my voice over and over each week. Many of you have probably grown tired of that uh, before <laughs> up until this point, so I- I'm not, you know, able to spend as much time on the podcast as I would like. But the beat goes on. Uh, again, I've been producing some. Type of content now for 87 straight weeks each and every week. And hopefully, you know, you're gleaning something from it. You know, perhaps it's reinforcing one of your thoughts or theories, or you might hear something for the first time that resonates, uh, and fits with your handicapping style. So rather than just not do it, uh, not put something out there in the, uh, in the airwaves, uh, I keep moving forward and trying to produce Something, again, uh, that will uh, be of value to each and every listener, and I appreciate you listening. You know, Todd Furman, uh, who I probably have referenced before on this podcast, he currently works for, it's a branch of CBS Sports. I think they call it like CBS Sports HQ. Uh, he formerly was uh sports book, I uh, don't want to get his title wrong, but director, manager, one of the big wigs, I believe, at Caesars Palace. He was high up at one of the major sports books in Las Vegas anyway. But Todd is one. I don't even know Todd personally. I've never met him, I don't think. But he's one of my favorite Twitter follows. Uh, if you're interested in sports betting and you're not following him, you should be. Uh, and his last name again, first name Todd, last name Furman, uh, F-U-H-R-M-A-N. And... uh You know, his tweets are are, are quite basic sometimes. You know, they're kind of fundamental. Sometimes they kind of state the obvious. But I think whether it be handicapping sports, music, writing, whatever, I think sometimes people fail to master the basics. They fail to master the fundamentals, fail to understand the basics, which is the foundation for any type of mid-level, intermediate, or certainly advanced learning. So Todd's a great a great follow in my opinion. He tweeted a few weeks ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to quote it verbatim. And this was his tweet. There is no right or wrong way to handicap a game. Everyone employs their own method and approach to breaking down games. Sports betting is a results-driven business. And if you're consistently and if you've consistently rather turned a profit over time, that's all the proof of process someone needs. You know, we all know someone who bets sports, they puff out their chest, uh, they say their way is the only way, and if you don't do it their way, you're a donk or an idiot or some unglamorous term that they might use. But I agree with Todd, even though I have opinions and sometimes state my opinions you know, maybe fairly strongly, I agree with him. You know, folks, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat in sports betting. You know, it's not a, a my way or the highway proposition as some might have you believe. I do believe, you know, that successful sports bettors, you know, do have some common traits. I'll certainly acknowledge that. I think they're price sensitive. Uh, I think they typically have closing line value. I don't think successful sports bettors bet simply for the sake of having action. You know, they bet because they believe they have an edge. They don't bet into markets with high theoretical hold percentages. I think they are predisposed, and this might be controversial with some people uh, because a lot of people say that betting unders are not fun. But I think successful sports bettors are predisposed to first make a case for the under, uh, You not, not not the over, which, which draws the infatuation in my mind of a less sophisticated action-seeking better, if you will. So this list uh, could go on and on, but we're going to stop there. And what I'm kind of leading to with this is that, you know, I do things my way, and it's the way that I've adopted. I'm, I'm probably not going to – Change a great deal. I'm certainly not going to stand stagnant, uh, in the light of seeing many reasons to change. But you know, my process, the way that I do things, the sports I bet, the type of bets that I make might not change drastically over the the remaining course of my lifetime. But with that said, there are some markets that I wish I had concentrated on maybe earlier in my career that I just didn't get around to. And I'm probably not going to, I, I'm a pretty plain vanilla guy. Uh, a lot of people, again, would be that person who would be critical of my my style or my approach and what I take advantage of, or maybe fail to take advantage of, but, but I, I'm a straight better for the most part, um, making straight bets, trying to lay better than 11 to 10, trying to lay minus one Oh eight and even minus one Oh seven uh, on some accounts. So, Trying to lay no more than the traditional minus 110, but I'm a person who tries to get tries to bet early, tries to get the best of the number, strives tirelessly and believe it believes that it's important to have closing line value. I don't bet many exotic bets. You know, I don't believe in betting parlays, it has a very, very high theoretical hold and i don't even bet you know teasers that a lot of people have been successful with i'm a pretty plain vanilla guy uh, hopefully it doesn't reflect all of the facets of my life but i'm the kind of guy you know back when baskin and robbins was wildly popular when i was a kid you know 31 flavors or whatever you know i'd be the guy that would go in there and get french vanilla uh if i had a wild hair or just plain vanilla if i was just on my my week to week day to day game so i'm a pretty Pretty boring guy. But one thing that I wish, one market I wish I would have gotten into uh, a couple of years back when they really started becoming popular uh, and we had the legalization of of sports betting in states besides Nevada, I wish I would have gotten into betting props. And it's not too late. I mean, I might change, but we've only got so much time. Uh, I'm a firm believer in specialization, uh, whether it be just a few sports that you handicap and just a few uh types of bets that you really concentrate on. I don't think you want to just spread yourself all over the place. But th- these props, I mean, you know, some sports books now offer dozens, even hundreds in some cases of propositions on on games, you know, giving astute bettors greater opportunities, theoretically anyway, because with the volume of offerings, the book's going to price. Uh, some, uh, if not quite a few, uh, of those props. So, a person who really spends a lot of time researching and working, putting in the uh, countless hours, can be very successful uh, at betting props. We'll see here in another few weeks when the Super Bowl rolls around. I mean, that that is prop heaven, uh, and some guys out there and gals, I'm sure as well. You know, they they pretty well uh, concentrate a significant amount of their time and of their bankroll to betting Super Bowl props specifically, not just props, but Super Bowl props. So, you know, that's a market that I wish I would have looked at. It's still not too late, but you know, uh, again, we kind of get into the groove into the habit of of doing what we've done. And, um, you know, I've been, I think I've been successful uh, at what I've done and a lot of people, quite frankly, Uh, It's very difficult. It's a very small room when you're talking about people who who are long-term winning sports bettors. So if you've got something that works for you, whatever it is, and whatever types of bets you're making, you know I think it's important to kind of stick with it and don't change just for the sake of fitting in or just for the sake of change. But at the same time, you can't be stagnant. You can't be stale. You can't just dig your heels in the ground and miss opportunities or Uh, miss the opportunity or the need to modify your handicapping approach and technique and so forth. It could go on and on, but we'll, we'll stop there. So college basketball season uh, is uh, well underway uh, with the uh, end of college football season last week with Georgia's emphatic victory over TCU. So now like a lot of guys and gals, I've shifted much of my handicapping focus to college basketball um, and PGA golf. You know, those are the two other sports that I handicap. You know, I, again, believe in specialization in my areas or sports of specialization are college football, college basketball and PGA tour matchups. And even though uh, as far as college basketball We're two and a half months into the season. Most teams now have a sample size of approximately 20 games. Even though we're at that point in the season, pretty far along, there can still be substantial movement from the opening overnight line to the closing number. You know, one of my outs, they post overnights roughly around 5 p.m. Central for the next day's college basketball games, uh, sometimes even, even earlier. And these numbers, they can move fairly significantly uh, within an hour or two of opening, and certainly from opening to close. So I would just challenge people, if you're betting with a local or a slow-moving, non-aggressive book uh, that's merely practicing the art of copy and paste, uh, which is what most books around the world primarily do, if you didn't get that memo. Or also, if you're limited to a single book, whether it be, um, you know, one of the books I just described or some other type of sports book, I would challenge you to make it a goal to attempt to secure an account which posts college football numbers on Sunday in college basketball overnight lines the day before the games. Uh, I think it will positively impact your bottom line uh, over the long haul. That's another piece of today's hodgepodge. I'm going to take a quick sip of uh, coffee. Give me one second. Going to go now to my shameless plug for Paul Stone Sports. Fresh off my eighth straight winning college football season against the spread. Uh, as monitored by the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul Stone Sports, again, now totally focused on college basketball and PGA golf and off to exceptional starts in both sports. Uh, I just started handicapping PGA golf uh, two two tournaments ago. I'm two tournaments into the season, posted winning weekends and each of the year's opening to PGA Tour events. And through yesterday's games through Wednesday, January 18th, I'm now 83, 63, and 3 against the spread in college basketball. 57% as monitored uh, by the Oklahoma, uh, by the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Uh, I'm not asking you to take my word for it, uh, which is the unfortunately the overriding theme in this industry, uh, as the Sports Monitor's website proclaims. Home of the elite few with enough courage and confidence to be documented. So my college basketball just 259 for the entire remainder of the season. PGA golf just 289 all the way through August, and you can get both the combination for just 439. If interested, uh, please visit paulstonesports.org. Again, that's paulstonesports.org. I hope you'll take a look and perhaps decide to join us. I'm going to give you a selection. This is going to be in a game to be played in the Western Athletic Conference on Saturday, January 21st. So this uh, podcast is hopefully going to publish around midday, uh, today, Thursday, January 19th. So hopefully most of the folks who are going to listen to this podcast would have listened by the time this game has been played. But this is going to be a game, again, in the WAC. Carlton State from the state of Texas, where I reside, traveling to California Baptist. I project that uh, California Baptist is going to be a five point home favorite. Uh, like a lot of guys who handicap uh, college hoops, you know, a considerable portion of my efforts are, are going to be focused on the so called mid majors or lesser conferences. Uh, and there's none. Uh, to be blunt about it, that I enjoy handicapping more than the Western Athletic Conference. It's really balanced this year. Been a fun league to watch so far this season. Uh, looking, looking forward to seeing how it all wraps up. So we've got California Baptist, which is located in Riverside, California. Uh, they've won three of their last four games and that includes a five point home victory over one of the league's preseason favorites. Uh, Grand Canyon this past Saturday so that was on Saturday January 14th and when they host Tarleton State this coming Saturday the Lancers they're going to be playing their first game in a week so their last game was against Grand Canyon it would have been seven days since they've played a game so they should be well rested you look at Tarleton State on the other hand coached by former Kentucky coach Billy Gillespie they're the epitome of a team featuring a significant disparity between its home uh, and road performance. The Texans are 8-0 and this season in true home games. 0-7, however, and they'll be on the road Saturday, 0-7 in true road games this season. They're going to play at Seattle tonight, uh, which again, as I record, is Thursday, January 19th and then they'll travel to Riverside on Saturday again in the game that we're discussing to play Cal Baptist. I have this line again projected about Cal Baptist minus five. Lay up to six with California Baptist over Carlton. Again, take California Baptist minus the points. Well, that's going to wrap it up for episode 87 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Appreciate you joining me. Hope again, as always, you got something out of this week's podcast. Until next time, signing off once again, I'm Paul Stone.
0: Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast.